0: Sarayim tov, everybody, we are finishing up for sure today, Keser, Uh, the crown, the highest level of the Spiros, and we already have shown that that crown, that innermost thought that reflects the world of Yehida, and we said that Yehida is realizing that you're totally connected to Hashem, and that's your greatest source of all pleasure, That's, that's the reason why you have a purpose so now we're going to see um, three more things. Number one, <coughs> the says the following. You know, if it doesn't rain in Israel, that's a very bad thing. Especially the days of the Talmud, we didn't have aquifers, We didn't have aqueducts, whatever. There's no rain. You're in big, big trouble. So if the rain didn't come for a certain amount of time, it's a little bit delayed. It's not yet at a mortally dangerous but it's concerning so there's a number of fasts that we uh, proclaim and we keep fasting with greater intensity if the rain still doesn't come but in the beginning stage when it's not that terrible it says like this the yechidim individuals began to fast not everybody just certain people the Gemara says who are the yechidim Talmidei Chachami Torah scholars. So what do you see from this? Exceptional Well yeah. exceptional But the Talmud Chacham is called yachid, Which is the same as the word yehida. <coughs> That's the point we're driving at So you gotta understand What kind of name is this We're giving Talmidei Chacham and are calling, calling him a yachid. Now we use that expression sometimes to venerate great tzaddikim. They say, he was a yachid Bidora. He was unique in the generation, let's say in terms of chesed. We use this term at, at uh, funerals, if you want to say a good eulogy, and it really is true. Say, this was, was a yachid Bidora in honest business. So what do we mean when we're saying that? But talmidech chachamim are called yachid. And look, that doesn't make sense because Really, aren't we supposed to be very not unique? Are we supposed to be with each other? Shouldn't we be friends? Should we <coughs> be connected? It's not that we should be so singular. You know, people use expressions of reim, friends, yedidim, beloved people. And Tabiacham are called chaverim also. chaver from Rechibur, feeling connected to other people. So, why they call it yachid means alone, a loner. But how can it be a chaber, a friend, and a yachid, a loner? So the explanation is, in many ways, I can connect you on many levels. On nefesh, ruach, neshama. I can connect with you. But when we get to yachid, that's the innermost part of myself that it's not possible for me to share that with others because that's my uniqueness that nobody else can understand and appreciate and you cannot connect on that level because each one has that own unique level that nobody else can appreciate the idea of connecting is finding something in common we have the same goal in life so on lower level we can have the same goal. We let's say uh, your friends and uh, you know you go into business together. Why? Right? Because without that you're going to starve to death. So your friends on a nefesh level. Now, how about on a ruach level? Well, we've had similar feelings about certain things. We both like this kind of thing, so we'll be even in the Shama, we, in spirituality, we have a lot of, stuff. we both like to learn Gemara, so we're all here, it's Chavusus. You can be a with that. But when you get to high and Yehida, that gets a lot trickier. Because Yehida, this is my singular purpose and my personal rezante at Traviza via <coughs> And that, I can't have that because the other guy's got a totally different one. That I cannot relate to it. That's why it's called a yochid. The Tambir Chokham is a yochid because he has that connection. And that's why the Gemara says seven things are concealed from people. You're never going to know. For example, nobody knows the day of death. Okay. Another one: you know, we don't understand the depth of the judgment we're going to get to in that. No one can know. And one of them is, nobody knows what's in his friend's heart. Now, there's interesting, there was a Star Trek once, when I was in, in a different iteration of my life. And they, you know, their whole idea was to visit new worlds. So they visited a place where everybody could read everybody's mind. So the. Uh, the Star, the Starship captain comes to his people and they get to know these people. And some of them are like fairly beautiful women. So he's just talking to her and she slaps him. Says, What do you slap me for? You know what you were thinking. And therefore they came to the conclusion, we cannot be with these people, because there's no way you could live with them. imagination, if everybody could read your mind. Fool! <laughs> what are you gonna do? It, just not think, you know. be slapping person. everybody all the time. <clears throat> be a decent person. It's not possible anyway. So that, that means nobody. I don't really know. Now you could get. You could let me know what you're thinking by talking to me. If if the guy tells a pretty woman, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to be with you in ways that are inappropriate. You could say it, but he wouldn't say it. So, but she knew it. But, so therefore, you, you, can't, you can't, you can't. There are certain things that are so deep. First of all, the person himself may not even realize it, let alone someone else who's going to know that. That's that, we call that, that's the, the inner unique point that's deep, deep, deep inside the person. And therefore, a town Chacham, who are people that are so refined in their character, and they live the way they're supposed to live, and they identify with that unique role that they have. They identify with their yichiva. They say, I was born to do this, and I was born to be God's ambassador, and to have a great relationship with Hashem, uniquely different from everybody else. Not that many people can come to that. And they're on a very high level because they know the purpose of their life. And they don't fear from that. They're called Yechidim, unique individuals, because every minute of their life they have, they live with that inner paint. Now, that's an interesting thing. Most Jews are nice people, but this every minute of their life, they live with that. You see examples of that once in a while, let's say, during the Holocaust stuff, there was the Vod there was a committee of very few Jews, so we have to save Jews. They're dying. And some people for two, three years, they ate, drank, slept with that. And when I'm gonna waste my time sleeping eight hours a day, you know what I could do? You know, the, the, across the world, six hour difference. I could do a lot and what they'd have to do to make up phony visas. And those days you (coughs) could write it in triplicate. (coughs) And it's just, it was it. That was what their life was. And they're totally consumed by that. That is this idea. That's why they're called Yechid. And that's, you know, something that for many of us in our current state is beyond what we can reach. Doesn't mean it's impossible. That's really the essence. And, and why there's so many problems in life is people don't know what their Yechida is. And they get fooled. They think, well, if that guy's doing that, maybe that's a good Yechida for me. No, oh, no, no, everyone has to have their own Yechida. That's why the Gemara says, the first man was created Yehidi One man, one person. who kills one Jew, it's like he destroyed the whole world. And one who keeps one Jew alive, it's like he maintained the whole world. What does that mean? Why is everybody called a whole world? Because he's created individually because that's that individual point. That in the, the whole world is not the same without you because you have something there that nobody else can add. And therefore everybody is his own. So that is the true death, and therefore you want to save everybody. It's not like so oh, a million Jews died. There's still another six million died. There's still another twelve. Million. No, no, six million worlds were destroyed. Six million unique people who could have contributed something very unique to the world, and the world is not the same without that. Okay, now we go to something that is totally unrelated, and this is very. Far, but very applicable. And here is the question: You'll notice most holy people have beards. Not to mean to say if you don't have a beard, you're a bad person. But let's let's look at the great rabbis. Rosh rabbi Hashanaiyets had a beard, All right? Tell me one. Tell me any one great rabbi from Gom who doesn't have a beard. You can you pick one? Why would not? What? Why not have a beard? I'm just saying, there's no such thing. They all have beards. Why? So this is the discussion. There's lots of sources. We're not going to go through all of them. But the growing of beards replicates the kesser. And specifically, what did we say is in the kesser? The 13 attributes of person. There's many words. For example, in Anim uh, Zemiros, uh, it says, tal talim Hashem has Rayos. braids of hair, black hair. So obviously it's a muscle, it's an allegory to God's conduct. Hair is mentioned often in describing Hashem. And mystically, Hashem is referred to as one with a beard. 13 strands of hair coming out. And that replicates the Mita of Kessir. 13 attributes of mercy, and how they come out in the 13 attributes of the beard. Now the question is oh, we're saying God's conduct is like the growth of a beard. Now, where's that coming from? Well, there's lots of Goran so okay. Chapa says says hadras punim a beautiful face is a beard beard makes the face beautiful the beauty of his honor a man's beauty is like royal distinguishing quality is gets seen on the beard and if that's with you mean, being in some meta uh, what do you call it anthropomorphical way it applies to a such it's your honor and therefore, Moshe said to Hashem, na show me your honor. He didn't say, I want to see your face. He said, show me your honor. What's the honor? As it's revealed through the 13 attributes of mercy. And that's what Hashem told him. And therefore, the Pusach says, but well, again, it says, you will glorify the face of an elderly person. Because that is his beauty. That is his honor. Or it says, the negates and can come out. Opposite is beard is honor. So beard, honor, respect is one thing. And this is fantastic. I never knew this. I just read it. I said, I gotta look it up. Now, a strand of hair, take out a strand of hair. In your mind, what? What's inside it? I know it's a it's, flow tube. It's a very thing. I never knew that. The inside, take one strand, it's a hollow tube filled with all kinds of moving, like like the muscle, it's not the same, but like sap in a tree. It's not sap, obviously, but something that's flowing inside a little strand. Now, you, you got the, the root, I forgot what it's called, the spore, you know, the, where is the pore? The pore, the pore is like a little indentation. So very, very, very small. From there it goes up and the hair just goes. <coughs> so now the hair is, and that's always going on in the head. Okay, so it comes out that really is like 13 to narrow, and it's a tube and it's a flow and Hashem's got so much He can give but He has to measure it in a very small way so we don't get overwhelmed by this and the source of all this is inside the person like Hashem so to speak and He's not a person but it's so much there but when it comes out and now the beard is what you see outside it's what you see outside it's not what's inside it comes out a very narrow thin little piece of beard hair but there's all that influence coming out there. Why? So we have free will choice. So we're not overwhelmed with this. And there's a light that comes out. Now, it's such an interesting thing, but all you see is the superficial outside of it. All you see is my hair is growing. Do you know what's going on inside your hair? And therefore, and this is a big thing because the people who sell shampoo those things, they know all the science behind it. They know what makes your hair shine, shimmer. I said, these are the ones shimmer and shine. Certain types of things as it interacts or certain foods you eat will produce beautiful hair. That's amazing. And this is all coming from the head, which is the thought processes. If you look a little bit deeper, Don't you realize that the way we have hair, doesn't that kind of express our outward conduct? If you go to Israel and people unfortunately are very judgmental there uh, because they they look at what you look like, oh, you're Haredi, super Haredi, you're Hardal, are you Mizrahi, are you secular? You should be able to see outward things, show that, and specifically the kind of hair you have, you're a real Haredi, you got a hanging down like crazy. If you're a modern Haredi, you got a behind your ear. Less Haredi, you just got it like this. Real Haredi, you take a, you bust it a one, very little hair. If you're ready a four or five, you're modern Orthodox. <coughs> okay? And if you decide to uh, shape your head bald, who knows? Or you have to coif for your uh, your hair, like you have to make it fancy. Just, it, it says everything about you. a woman—the type of hair she has, is where she was. But that's all externals, and often we only see the external of it. And it's very interesting—the difference black hair and white hair. Do <laughs> you ever wonder why It start off with a dark colored hair? No matter what, it's even blonde, is darker than white. It ends up as white for most people because black represents judgment. And when we're younger and we've got all our koichas and we're more sub, uh, vulnerable to being a balgaiba, we're very judgmental on people. As you get older and wiser, you're, your beard turns white which is a kind of rotm. So you understand what's going on. The externals are giving you away. It should be, as you get older, you should have more Rachim if you have a brain in your head. Problem is you have Rachim in the wrong way or Rachim in the right way. Rachim is balanced that you're doing what's really best for the person. Some people, your grandparents just spoil the kids, rotten and you're destroying them. But, so therefore, there's a lot to be said that's all (laughs) coming from the Kasser. So the beard, and that's why a Jewish man as if you want to emulate a shepherd again, that's an external. Does that really say you Oh, no, they can be Jews with beards I and mean, be the worst people in the world, and they're using it as a disguise. And you have to be wary of them because they're the worst, because they're putting on God's clothes and they're 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 doing the they're they they're, they're tricking you with that. Right? That that's not good. But we have to realize, you get older, you want you want to look like a ship and God has from the kesser from. That desire is to give to the world in 13 ways, even if it's undeserving. And that's what that beard represents. And that's why it's interesting some say that paralleling the 13 attributes of mercy are the 13 ways that Torah can be deduced. Kal all these other things. And that's why it's not so unusual. If you go to a rabbi when he's learning, what does he do? He's pulling his beard. I don't got much to pull. But you you go to Yeshiva, yeshiva, just sit there for a little while and notice that, look at the guy with the big beard and see how long he takes him. When he's learning, like really intense. (laughs) Why? He's trying to pull out the Shefa. He's trying to pull out the flow that a Shepha is there to give. So that's a whole different way of understanding things. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, and finally, one last, yeah? I remember, I think it's a bar- <laughs> if you see a man with uh, like a split beard, that means he's a planner, you don't want to make an enemy of him, because he's sitting there for a long time thinking about... Could be something more, I don't remember. Uh, such I don't remember where it was. But, uh, he, but really, he's trying to plan good things, if he yeah. understands what he's doing. Yeah. And finally, the last point of the Kesser, and this way we'll finish it. The Gomorrah says, living children and sustenance do not depend on your merits, but rather they depend on your mazl. Gomorrah. So and the comment what does that mean? But isn't there another statement? One says, A Israel. The Jews are not dictated by Maslem. So how do you resolve that contradiction? One says children, sustenance, and life. It's, it's, it depends on your Masul. While the other Morse says the Jews don't have Maslem. Good not have Masul, we don't have Masul. So the simple meaning of Masol means is the zodiac. That's what they're called Mazzalos. The word mazal comes from Zol, which is the flow. And part of God's plan, when He brings the flow from Him, He uses um intermediaries for the pipes to go to go. And and the constellations are the intermediaries. Not that they decide, but they will be used by Hashem to bring the flow in until it comes down to planet Earth. <coughs> so what's going on over here? So they explain like this. <coughs> that really mazal, that's It should not always be understood as the orbital paths of the stars and the planets, but it's talking about God's supernal conduct using the 13 attributes of mercy. And that is the real masal, because again, that's flow. Flow comes from that. And the commentators explain, for example, when he explains the idea of why the righteous suffer and the the, 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 uh, wicked are prosperous, he says that the source of all the shamas we know is the ten spheros and the three highest that are beyond everything. They really are called the mazal el yot, the higher mazal, and that higher mazal that's coming from Hashem and it's coming from His very loving desire to give us good. The seven lower spheres, which is called the lower mazal, those are things that are dictated from below. And therefore, when it says the Jews have a mazal for three things, that's the higher mazal, the higher mazal. That flow that comes directly from Hashem, yeah, so children, sustenance, you don't need merits, it's the mazal, it's Hashem who's the one. It's a Hashem is giving it to you. You don't give Hashem is giving it to you. The fact says there's no mazel for the Jewish people. Those are the seven lower ones where the lower stars really are controlled. And that, we're not controlled by that. We are controlled by the Kesser. Remember the Kesser means, I don't care. My deepest will is to be good to the Jews. My greatest pleasure is to be good to the Jews. I pay faith in the Jewish people. And therefore, they don't have to be that good. Now of course they're not going to discipline them, but that said, we're never dependent on the stars. The stars were not dependent on, but well, we have a masel. What's the masel? Higher than that, higher than the stars, and that's what the kesser is, and that's what we have to always know. The Jewish people's existence is guaranteed by which spira? The kesser. It's the kesser that guarantees us the uh, the parts of the long face <coughs> and the yachidah. That's what guarantees because we're the purpose of all Okay, that ends the sixth essay of Keser. Now we move on to Chokhmah, which is the next sphira. And the allusion to that is in, safer for E-O, it says that Chokhmah and Wisdom, I look at this, Me'ayin and what's the simple meaning? From where can you find wisdom? Where can you find wisdom? We already explained that Kesser is called iron. Kesser is called nothing. Because it's so far away you don't even know it's there. So you understand now, Chachma made from iron, from the sphere of chachmah, <coughs> from the sphere of Kesser, TikTok can be found. So Chachma is the byproduct of Kesser. That's just from you're looking for biblical references. How that is, we'll explain all of that. Because what we're going to have to begin to explain is the difference between Chachma and Bina. And then where does Das come into play? These are all very important things, and it's all part of our psyche that we have to explore and understand this. Now, it says in Jeremiah, Kodesh Lashem, holy to reshis to us, the first of his great. And the commentary explained playing first. The beginning of anything always is associated with the attribute of Chachma. Why? Because the Kesser is beyond, we don't even, it's hidden. We can't say a beginning to something we can't even see or know. The beginning of the revelation in some way that we can put our finger on it is in the world of Chachma. For example, when God created the world, it says, Kulam, the whole world, you did it with Chachma. Why? Because, of course, there was a Kesar, but the Kesar isn't revealed. It's a will. A will is nothing. It's like <coughs> You can't see it. But the beginning of the revelation is what's going on in the mind, and that's Chachma. And the Zohar says on the words, bereshis Perello Oki, and says, B'Reshis means B'Chachma, with Chachma. So Chachma, again, we have to define the word wisdom, a terrible definition. Chachma is the beginning of any process. What about Keser? keser is before that even. It's before that. So the beginning is always expressed with Chachma. And the sphere of Chachma is the first subtle revelation that would be counted from the spheres because it's the beginning of the revelation. Now that's what you're going to see that not everyone calls Keser the first sphere see some Keser is the priest's era and it's replaced with das Chachma be a There's two ways to look at it, going from the truest way or the most observable way. The truest way is going to start from Keser. But we can't even know that, well it's hard to even know that it exists so we have to start with something that's observable on some level and that is Chachma, is wisdom. It's interesting, Chachma, we are told, there are 32 pathways of wisdom. Sapiens here, Avamavimus, is 32 pathways of wisdom. And that corresponds to the 22 letters of the Torah and the 10 vowels. There's 10 vowels. 5 2 all 5 2 a 10 vowels. So 10 and 12, and all wisdom comes from language. So there's 32 pathways. Now, I'm not a, a, a scientist, but there's 32 different ways of thinking. You could have analytic thinking. You could have, uh, what do you call it, creative thought. That's a totally different way of thinking. right? I don't know what they all are, but, but certainly you could think, you know, thinking not just a concrete understanding abstract understanding. I don't know if the scientific world has gone to the point to find 32 different types of thought that exist. But they're all there. And interesting, from the beginning of the Torah, Breshis, until the end, where we finish discussing <laughs> the Shabbos, such, we lay down simple as Torah, 32 times the name Elohim. Because there are 32 different, as we'll call, it, neural pathways in God's realm. And that means we have 32 neural pathways. I don't know if I'm using the right terms, but I think that makes sense. And what does that mean? Because the revelation of Hashem in the beginning of the creation is an aspect of yud Vavhei. vav Vavhei is the ultimate. And that's complete chesed, unbounding. Olam chesed yibana. But if Hashem gives us without any boundaries, there's no world. We can't handle it. So God had to constrict it, constrict the flow. And what got revealed was called Elokim, which is justice, which is constrictment. We're holding it back. Why? The good has to be constricted because the creatures can't take any more. So the beginning of the revelation, where it's leaving the will. The will is infinite. But now as it has to get into the first iteration of it having something we can track in the mind already, has to be Chachma. And there's 32 ways of that to be the beginning. It's something that limits it, so to speak. And that's because now it's going to have a connection with our world. And therefore, Chachma belongs in the world of thought. I'm gonna leave it at that. Tomorrow we're gonna get into a very important issue: Chachma, Bina, and Das. Now you're gonna get some real interesting ways of how to think and to think about our thinking. That's all for tomorrow. Yashakaiah, everybody.